Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up today on the show, as promised, I take a deeper dive into the performance of Jackson Smith and Jigba against the Bengals. We have been waiting for a breakout. We have been waiting for him to put it all together. People have questioned how the Seahawks have used him or not used him, whether or not he was even worthy of the 20th overall pick, which is ridiculous. But we'll get to that in a second. What could have been if a couple of things had just gone a little bit differently on a couple of plays for JSN against Cincinnati on Sunday, we dive into that next on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Welcome back, everybody. Allergies kicking my butt. Hopefully, the voice doesn't sound as bad to you as it does to me in my own ears. Welcome back. A couple of days now until the Seahawks return to Lumen Field for back-to-back home games, thankfully, against the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday. Is it a must-win game? Pro Football Focus would make it appear so. A win on Sunday, according to them, puts the Seahawks' playoff odds at 59%. A loss drops it to 31%. Hard to put a lot of weight into those kinds of projections this early in the season, but... Hey, it's what they say, right? I mean, it feels that way. Dan and I talked about it on our midweek show on the PFF app. Little plug, download it. We won't be live streaming uh, any of the games again until uh, the Baltimore game on the road. In fact, I'll be attending the next two home games. Um, Let me know if you're going to be, and maybe we can uh, connect for a beer. But good to be back home for the Seahawks, especially coming off a game in which, gosh, the more we look back on it and look at it, just one or one play here or there would have made all the difference. And uh, I think we've dissected a lot of what happened on Sunday and we'll continue to do so a little bit today. But as I mentioned in my show the other day, I really wanted to um, take a look at what might have been because there were some missed opportunities for, uh, for the Seahawks and Geno Smith to get the ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba on Sunday. Why, why didn't it happen and what could have been if he had. Uh, Before we dive into that film breakdown, if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, hit that bell button, and subscribe to the channel. It's the best way to support the channel and uh, and get it more views, get it into the algorithm and everything else so that more people see it. And then you know whenever I post new episodes. Same on the audio side. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, uh, whichever you choose, 
Uh, I know there's a bunch of other ones out there too. If you are on Apple and you like what I do, leave a review. It's one of the only platforms out there that allow you to do that. And on Spotify, if you don't like the ads that are inserted, um, it should be no more than two per episode. You can subscribe for 99 cents a month uh, to get rid of those ads. Those links are in the description. Also, remember to subscribe, right? And if you really want to support me and you like what I do, buy me a coffee or a beer, as it were. That link is in the description as well. Let's get into this. I took the All-22 a little bit further than I did on Monday and uh, looked at JSN and his catches, how he was involved in the offense, and how he could have been involved a little bit more. Let's go. So what we know is Jackson Smith and Jigba against the Bengals finished with four catches, 48 yards, on five targets. Some of the targets were farther down the field, so it felt like probably his best day as a Seahawk so far, right? What we don't know is what might have been. So let's take a look. This is his first catch of the game. Third and four, first drive of the game. Third and four on the Cincinnati 32-yard line. And this is just... Just the kind of stuff we expected to see out of him after he's drafted, right? Like, it doesn't look like he's the first read. He's the backside read. Geno comes back to him. Little in-breaking route. Little, little curl route. Easy completion, right? Second drive, no targets. It was a three and out and a punt. No real opportunities there. Third drive. This was one that I kind of missed the first time, and and this one's borderline as to whether we're going to give it credit in our hypothetical today. But, you know, I want to be as as uh, creative as possible, and I want to be as forgiving as possible trying to make my point here. But uh, first quarter, third and 11, Cincinnati 44-yard line. He gets open here, but there's some question as to whether, you know, he's the intended target or the design here, or whether Gino really has an opportunity to get to get back to him. Um, I'll show it to you from the end zone camera here. You see Gino looking to the right. I mean, this he's looking for Tyler here. And you, <laughs> this is another one that might drive you crazy because we, when we go back and look at the uh, press box angle again. You're going to see how open uh, Tyler is on this play. And again, why why doesn't he pull the trigger? I'm trying not to make today about that again. He doesn't, and then he kind of he gets pressure, right? But it looks like his progression would have been that he would have come back to the left hand side. So let's just go back here a second because once once again you're seeing, you know, Jake Curran gets beat on the outside, and then the pressure actually comes from the inside because Anthony Bradford. Whew. has his back turned <laughs> because he's looking to help Jake here. And this guy just comes in and uh, and puts pressure on Gino and forces him to get rid of the ball uh, or take a sack. But let's go back to this angle again. And, you know, here's Tyler, right? He's going to run this, this route. A little post route, and he's and, and he's wide open, and that's where Gino was looking once he came off of DK, who's down here behind the graphic. And you're going to see JSN kind of leak out here into the flat. And if Gino would have had time to come back to him, if Bradford didn't have his back turned, uh, he was open. He 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 wins his route. Right, see the little break and the little push off, and then he comes right back. You know, he just runs the guy off this kind of stuff that that we thought we were going to see more. Runs him off, kind of comes back, and he's wide-ass open, right? Unfortunately, so is Tyler. So let's take another look at that. 
see Tyler's open here, and Gino just doesn't have time to come back to him. And maybe, and you can even see once he is in trouble, that JSN starts to come back to the middle as he should. So there would have been an opportunity for a play there. So I am going to count that just because I really do want to uh, you know, just make the point of, of what could have been. Third quarter now, second goal at the Cincinnati 18. This is the interception, right? And we talked about this on the show a couple of days ago. If you want to go back and look at that and the breakdown of, of what happened here. Again, I, I think Gino makes up his mind before the snap to throw the football there, plus a little bit underthrown. Uh, he could have leaked it out to Cody, Colby Parkinson here or Walker with Parkinson blocking out in front and basically one defender to miss. Um, but a play designed to get JSN the ball for a touchdown. First NFL touchdown. Gino just made his mind up ahead of time. Later in the third quarter, second nine at the Seattle 17. This is... To me, this is one of the real positive signs to come out of this game for all of the hand-wringing about how uh, when we were targeting JSN, uh, they were bubble screens. They just didn't give him an opportunity to get the ball down the field. This is the opposite of that. Just an in-breaking route against zone, middle of the field. You know, not the biggest window in the world. Right here. And th this is what I like about... The anticipation on this throw, right? Gino's throwing the ball right here. Nobody's there yet. Uh, but but DK, or, uh, I'm sorry, JSN's on his way. And, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's covered pretty well uh, by the safety there, but there's an opportunity for run after catch there. It's another little thing we can talk about is are they designing opportunities for him to run after the catch because he did it so well at Ohio State. There, there might have been an opportunity there had the backside um, support not been as good from the Bengals. So, outstanding throw and catch there. Now, here's another one where it's hard to tell. And Gino never really had a chance. Third and quarter, uh, third quarter, third and five at the Seattle 45. Was, was JSN maybe the intended target here? And then Gino bails out of the pocket and ends up throwing the football away. Watch it again from this angle. He's going to run kind of a half-wheel route and then stop it. Um, Jake Bobo there. So you see him You see him kind of curl out into the flat and start to run a wheel route and then kind of cut it off and hang here. And this might be what Pete was talking about. We'll get to that in a second. And you see right here, he's looking in that direction. He's, he's making his read here, right? Safety's playing really deep. You see JSN kind of coming out there, and this corner's got his head turned in. So there's there's a chance there. And then, again, let's just back it up a second. Right here, it looks like Gino really wants to throw that ball, and that's where he's looking. But Pete talked on Monday and Tuesday about how they, they the big miss later uh, that was something they were setting up throughout the game. So maybe maybe the intention here wasn't to throw the ball to JSN, but just to set it up. But, you know, if the shot's there, take it, right? And he cuts off the route, and by that time, Gino just had no shot. Unfortunately, the, the, the protection just was starting to break down, and I, and I think this is when, you know, Gino's internal clock kind of got thrown off. 
He senses the pressure and, and hey, I got to get the hell out of there. Because we've seen him time and time again stay in a pocket collapsing in his front like this. But that's that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. You can't blame him or fault him for trying to get away there. And the fact that he did decide to bail out that way, which is not typically his norm. He did it a couple times in this game, but it's not his default. Tells me that maybe in his head, you know, he was thinking that JSN would have had an opportunity there. Single coverage basically back there. So another play that might have been, been intended for him. And this one the other day when, when I ran it, uh, it was cut off at the beginning. It's the full play. First and 10 at the Cincinnati 30. It's the one, the one that got away. And I'm not going to belabor the point on this too much because it's been done by everybody else. It's been, it's been done by you all uh, throughout the week. But here it is. You know, he's got him wide open. Jermaine Pratt is in coverage. He's bailing. The safety's turning the other way. So's this one. There's no, this is a touchdown 10 times out of 10. Gino could, you know, the ball could slip out of his hand. He could throw a wounded duck down there. And that's a touchdown. He can throw it late and it's a touchdown. There's no reason. He has no, this isn't legitimate pressure. He shouldn't be feeling that. He's got nothing really coming from the backside. He's got protection here. This should be a touchdown. Now, to his credit, Gino took accountability for that this week and said, I need to throw the ball there. I had him on that play. He didn't say, I don't know why I didn't throw the ball, but he, he kind of implied it. Like, this is the kind of stuff that when they're, when they're watching film this week and Carl Smith is in there as a quarterback coach, Right, Shane Waldron, Pete Carroll, like you just you can't let these get away. You can't. There's nothing bad that could happen on this play. Absolutely nothing. I said I wouldn't belabor the point, but I just can't. This is such a blatant miss. Um, this should have been a touchdown, right? Absolutely should have been a touchdown. We know it. We've seen it. Gino admitted it. JSN again, another opportunity for his first NFL touchdown. I should have cut this off. Uh, <laughs> um, my point is that Jackson Smith and Jigba was in position to have his first breakout game. Right? He finishes four out of eight on five targets, uh, or four for 48 on five targets. If you put everything together here, it's eight total targets. Likely seven catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. That one play where Gino really didn't have a chance to come back to the, his backside progression where he tried to scramble and got sacked. You want to take that one away? Okay, now we're talking maybe six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. I think that would alleviate a lot of the concerns that they weren't involving him in the game plan and that maybe he wasn't a fit. Pete even talked about, hey, this might have been the first week that he fully felt healed from that broken wrist. What could have been with JSN and the Seahawks in one of those games where a play here or there would have changed everything. And just a reminder for those of you listening to this as an audio version on Apple or Spotify, wherever you prefer to get your podcast, that you can see the video version of this along with the film breakdown that you're hearing me describe on the Seahawks Forever YouTube channel. Check it out if you get a chance. So what do you think of that? What are your thoughts? Anything different? Than it was than than they were before watching that. Um, I think that the overall takeaway is that he seems to be healthy now and on the cusp 
of being a bigger contributor. The the targets just are going to be hard to come by when you have two other receivers like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, plus that tight end group. And as much as they're trying to involve the backs in the offense this week, um, Again, Seahawks on offense about the middle in the pack in most of the statistics, uh, somewhere between 12 and 15th and points per game and, and uh, points overall, yards, yards per game, all those things you like to look at. Where they have failed repeatedly is on third downs. They're in the bottom of the league. And in the red zone, just one of five last week. And they, again, rank in the bottom three to four in the league. That's on the offensive line. That's on Geno Smith. It's got to get better this week against Arizona. If he comes out, if Geno Smith comes out this week and goes 25 out of 35 for 320 and three touchdowns, no interceptions, the Seahawks win by a couple scores, you're going to feel better about that? If he doesn't, if he has another game like this where he leaves all those plays on the field, and I didn't even show all of them, um, then that discussion's growing, going to grow a little bit louder. And I will be at the forefront of that, good or bad. Try to look at it as objectively and thoughtfully as I can. Thank you for watching the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Seahawks Forever. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and the audio podcast. And uh, I will be back Monday. Going to the game on Sunday, I found that it works a little bit better. I'll take some time on Monday, get to hear Pete Carroll's comments. Might get the All-22 in time to take a look at a couple things, but my reaction show to the Cardinals-Seahawks game will be Monday in the evening. Look out for that. Until then, forever and always, go Hawks.